0: just some podcast media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on varied Pleasures are those of the host and the guest and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. you have been warned. I came from the mud, desert on my hands, strong. Welcome. Welcome everybody to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess with the mostess. And today I'm still Pollyanna amazing. But I do have with me today a wonderful, amazing author, podcaster and all-around cool chick. <laughs>
1: Hi, how are you? Hi, you are such a darling. Oh my gosh. I mean, I am a writer. I wish I was an author. I do have dreams of writing a book one day. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that will come to fruition, but (laughs) it's so so fun to meet you and spend time with you.
0: Oh, it's fantastic for you to be here with me. I um, have met Poppy through uh, spaces, Twitter spaces, right? Uh And... On Twitter Spaces, you can talk about anything you want. You could just pop in and say hi or what have you. But I always love to hear you speak because you have, like I explained to you before, you have this awesome mom advice voice that I just (laughs) love absolutely. So every time you say something, I'm just like,
1: hey. Oh, I'll listen all day. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. And I did, I have to say, you know, the the mom part, I'm not sure I want to claim, but (laughs) I don't have kids myself, but I I feel like in some ways there are some positives in that label in terms of wisdom. And I, I will own that. I feel like I have gotten some hard-earned lessons learned at this point in my life, for
0: sure. As you should, because you're amazing. And I only no. have amazing people on here, usually, generally <laughs> speaking. Um, if if they're not, they don't make the cut. But anyway. <laughs> so, Harsh mistress. I yes. Know. I'm, I'm kind of like that. So the reason why I have Poppy on here today is because we, w- we got into a discussion about in, in healthcare, because I am a nurse practitioner, we, we talked about that. In healthcare, I don't see a lot of providers talking about sexuality with people who have chronic illness. For people who are getting older, for people who are younger and don't really know, we don't talk about sex. And this is something I'm super passionate about. So today's topic is going to be chronic illness. Why don't we talk about sex with people who are chronically ill? Um, when you have a chronic illness, a lot of us do, by the way. Um, I have a couple myself. Chronic illness does not make you not want to have sex with people. Also, it doesn't make you feel like you just immediately become asexual. Mm-hmm. That's a thought. Um, mm-hmm. so what I that's what I wanted to bring you on here today, because yeah. as we've spoken, you do have a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna mention what you have because that's your business. Mm-hmm. If you choose to, you can, mm-hmm. but just know there is a reason why. We want to have sex, right? It doesn't change (laughs) just because somebody told you that you had a cough or a cold, right? Right. It changed the day that somebody said, oh, did you break your arm? Does your penis not work anymore? (laughs) No. (laughs) Does your labia not feel sensitive anymore if you break a bone? No, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So let's Mm -hmm. get into this discussion. Now, I did look up a few statistics on just medicine in general, because of course, nothing nothing matters unless it's, you know, it's cited, right? That's how that, this is how the United States works. Even Mm -hmm. though there are some very amazing, proven, wonderful Eastern medicines and some other alternative therapies out there, Mm -hmm. all we hear about is what's, what's going on? What's, what's the, uh, what's the resource behind what you know, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the resources I looked up Over 60% of physicians, general practitioners, which are the people that you would go for for your everyday health needs, over 60% of those report that they don't ask about people's sexuality. Well, that's a huge part of your life and how Mm -hmm. you feel. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Let's, Let's talk about, tell me about you.
1: Well, I think, first of all, what comes to mind about that, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but I think the first thing is, A, I'm very happy. I live in a time where sexual identities are finally being talked about, explored. There's a fluidity, there's a positivity, hopefully that's growing, with um, exploring and saying, oh, this is how I identify. So for your listeners, I am over 50. Let me just say that. I'm over 50. I'm a romance podcaster. And only recently did I discover, oh, I'm demisexual. And if your listeners don't know what that is, because there are a lot of identities on the sexual identity spectrum, it's part of the asexual uh, sexual identity spectrum. But asexuality incorporates a lot. And it does not mean you're not interested in sex. It means your desire works a little differently. And sometimes there are very specific situations and people that are required for you to see somebody as a sexual being. So with dummy for me, it means that I don't experience spontaneous desire, and I, I wrote an essay for girlinthenet.com, which is the most amazing sex positive blog if, it, if your listeners haven't checked it out ever, it's just unbelievable. I wrote about how being a demisexual is like, picture the hottest person of any gender that would turn you on, ordinarily, that you think. standing in your bedroom doorway, and you being in the bed. And looking at them and thinking, you are objectively hot. I could see that I would maybe want to sleep with you, but first I need to know are you kind to puppies? What is your spiritual orientation? Um, Are you a compassionate person? Now, I think when you're younger and hormones are a little different, you can experience desire in different ways and then it evolves as your life goes forward. But this realization, for me was simultaneously oh my god how did i never figure that out about myself when i look back on relationships i always fell in love and slept with my best friends or friends it always went friends to lovers and it was like how did i not see that but what's important about labeling yourself i think or at least thinking about these things is that you learn to support your own needs and desires sexually So it's really important that I take time to know someone. And it's important that I honor that when someone tries to rush me into bed. And that's a really big difference. When I was younger, I used to force myself to go with the flow because I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't this guy's hot? Why can't I jump into bed with him? And now I realize I I just needed a way to think about my sexuality to help me support myself and advocate for myself. So that's my one of my first little journeys recently that <laughs> into that. my sexuality. I that love that.
0: But you know, and listening to what you were saying, there's a reason why there's the stereotypical movie guy who's so hot, but he can't speak because he's just, just dumb. <laughs> there is a reason for that, right? Like, right. And, and, and it goes to reason also, like whenever older men are dating younger women or vice versa, when older women or older men are dating younger uh, partners, definitely has an issue. So going back to it, Um, whenever we have these, you know, stereotypes of women who are younger, who are just, you know, you can't keep up with the conversation or, you know, men who are obviously unable to keep up with the conversation, it's all well and fine to want to have sex and think these people are beautiful and and want to garner pleasure from that experience. Mm -hmm. But the long and the short of it is, is, you know, all shiny new toys become old and we put them aside mm-hmm. because we're tired mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. regardless. And so when you're tired of just having sex all the time, what are you supposed to do? If you can't talk to the person, you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of out of luck, right? That's yeah. That's kind of how so that works sh- for sure. But I totally yeah. understand how you can move fluidly through your mm-hmm. own sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it helps that if you have people that you can speak to about that now, one of the people that mm-hmm. you might think that would be somebody who might be invested in taking care of those kinds of things would be your healthcare provider, but it's not taught. And one of the things oh. that I teach my students is to talk about having sex. How do you have sex? Do you have sex? Are you monogamous? Are you not? I mean, those are questions that are actually on on your um, exam forms whenever a patient mm-hmm. comes in that's one of the newer things that has come out within the last probably 10, 15 years. Mm
1: -hmm. Are you,
0: how sexually active are you? How do you feel about your sex life? Now, I do know for a fact that I've seen people skip right over that part because they don't feel comfortable enough with their own sexuality. Exactly. To to broach that subject. So have you ever had a provider
1: that you've seen in your past ever talk about sexuality? there are so many things I want to say about this and two important things are I don't know if healthcare providers understand how upsetting it can be if they are often so taken up with their protocols and getting the info they need which I completely understand that they will say things like to me a woman in her 50s are could you be pregnant when was your last period And I think to myself, if you had any clue about my life, if you ever bothered to ask me about my life, what would probably be like, you could maybe, I mean, I don't know, say, uh, I'm sure this is probably not true. Or can you tell me about your sexual activity? Are you sexually active? Is it possible you could be pregnant? But it feels like, They just don't care about that aspect of my life. And if you think about the needs pyramid, none of us should be ashamed. We need food, water, air, and the sexual urge is one of those basic needs. And we can address that in many different ways. And all those ways that we feel are appropriate are what's right for us, but it would be really great if a doctor's office just once tuned into me and maybe said, hey, do you need some information? Are you sexually active? Do you need some information about STIs? Which is something I'm getting back into the dating world, and it's something that really concerns me. And wow, wouldn't that be super handy? And also, the other thing that would be really great about that is normalizing talking about being sexually active or on the flip side, not being choosing to be celibate is a completely valid choice, but it would be really nice for them to normalize. Let's just talk about this without shame. Do you need any information? Is everything okay in that area? Is there anything you'd like to talk about? Because I think there are a lot of people suffering out there with, you know, we grow up in Particular families with their own belief systems. We might grow up in devout religious households that have very particular ideas about sex and sexuality. And it, sometimes it can be a lifetime of work to undo that or to manage those um, beliefs as we get older, check in with ourselves. Do we still believe that those things are true, what we were taught? it would just be really nice to have companions on that journey and to not feel alone. Because let's face it, we can do a lot of that healing on our own. Oh, we don't have to have partners in our lives currently. We don't have to be having sex to start, you know, handling all that stuff. But it would just be nice for someone in the healthcare world to be like, hey, I bet this is important to you. Or maybe not. But right. let's let's talk about
0: that. I liked how you said handle it. You can handle it. See, These are the ways that we have been taught in our life how Mm -hmm. to talk about sex. I want to have sex well into my however long I live. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, you know, you get to that certain age. And and of course, I'm 49. So I'm not yet 50. I'm almost Mm -hmm. there. Not yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But as I've gotten older and I, uh, I have this relationship with older individuals that are my patients. I don't think that I ever thought in a million years that at at, at the age of 50, you still feel sexy because when you're 20, you're just like, oh gosh, that's so old, right? So you just take that word out of your vocabulary, no sex after 50 when you're 20, right? (laughs) Because that's gross um, until you get there. And I'm just like thinking in my mind, how much longer can I do this? But as I have talked to my patients, and this is even in podiatry. I know this sounds really silly that I ask about people's sexuality while I'm trimming their nails. I really love that. Well, the reason why I do it is because a large majority of these people are over the age of 80, let's say 70 plus for sure. Mm -hmm. They have lost a partner or have lost multiple partners due Mm -hmm. to death or disease or whatever divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And here they are they're alone. Mm. There's nobody that has hugged them, has held their hand, Mm. has patted them on their shoulder. None of those things have happened for a long time, which is kind of like the most sad thing that I could ever think of is growing Mm. old alone. And with the thought Mm. that somebody else should be in charge of Mm. feeling happy because mm-hmm. that's not how it's supposed to work, right? Like we are right. not supposed to be happy just because somebody made us happy. It's really mm-hmm. great when people give you an orgasm mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. I'm not mad mm-hmm. at that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the on the flip side of that, if you can't take control of your own pleasure and it, and it doesn't have to be masturbation, folks. I mean, I know that we talk about that a lot on my show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yay.
0: Yeah. Right. But if you, again, were raised in a way that that is an uncomfortable thing for you, then what do you start with? You start with just rubbing lotion on your own hand. That's Mm -hmm. start to touch yourself, not in a sexual manner necessarily, but in a kind way, in Mm -hmm. a way to which your body can respond and then learn, rewire itself to think, well, this is very pleasurable. I should be doing this more for myself. Or maybe like going to get a massage even just to have Uh, some sort of human contact. I swear to you, one. this has been years ago, there was a radio show on um, nationally called Opie and Anthony. And they were talking on this show and it had Jimmy Norton. Yes. Super great show. A little bit off for some people, but Loved it. And Jimmy Norton, they were talking about cuddle houses. Have you heard of these before? Cuddle? Oh, tell me more. I have. So in bigger cities, obviously not here in Ohio, um, <laughs> they have <laughs> cuddle houses, which is a place where you can go and you, and it's not prostitution, by the way, fellas. Um, <laughs> It's just mm-hmm. a, a person who gets paid to hold you. There's no sexual oh. contact. Again, maybe there are some of those people out there, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to shame sex workers ever. You'll mm-hmm. never hear me do that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because everybody serves a purpose in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the cuddle house conversation was so amazing that I called in on OP and Anthony. And I'm actually, there's a recording of me talking about how, you know, these people are getting paid a $100 an hour to snuggle somebody, and I'm getting paid $20 <laughs> an hour to clean up vomit, shit, <laughs> you know, bleeding dead people, oh, you my. know. Why would I not? Because I'm a lovey huggy person and I know people can feel that positive energy off me. So, why would I not want to share that with somebody if it was in a safe environment? Yeah. Not not trying to go into back alleys hugging people. Right. Um, (laughs) Even though, even though when you're a tantra, when you teach tantra and, and people call you for hand jobs every other day because they think that that's what you do. Holy cow. It's totally true. It happens. It's hilarious. And it's one of my fun stories that I like to tell people. People have this idea that Tantra in itself means that you're just a prostitute or what have you. doesn't work that way for everybody also (laughs) anyway, but um, to go back to what you were saying with feeling comfortable with a provider, when you have a chronic illness, somebody that you're going to have to see on a regular basis can be very difficult. So how have you been able to bridge that gap? Have you ever had that discussion with a provider? And I don't want you to please don't feel like you have to reveal anything. But have you ever asked a provider like,
1: what the hell? Never. And so this is the thing, I think it's really important to honor your journey sexually. Mm -hmm. um, Especially when you have a chronic illness, there are a lot of moving parts to your life. And obviously, it's important Important, but you have to prioritize it for yourself and in the ways that you can manage. So at times, I'm just focusing on can I get out of bed in the morning? I mean, I would love to put myself in my favorite rom-com and imagine myself with this sexy, fantastic partner. But to be honest, sometimes surviving every day is my job. And it's not a job I ever signed up for, but it's the job I have. So only now at this point in my life, have I been able, I feel like I have a freedom emotionally, as well as maybe a little bit physically, to think about, could I date whatever that means for me? Or could I find a friend with benefits, you know, and what would that look like for me? And I have to say, there is no way on God's green earth that I would talk to any of my medical team about that. Because it's what you said earlier, I feel like there would be a profound discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I don't plan on putting myself in any situation that would shame me in any way for what I feel I need and want to go after. So I simply don't feel it's safe enough, sadly, to talk to any of my healthcare providers about it.
0: Oh, that makes me so sad, Poppy, because as an advocate for, for people, for humans, for a lot of different groups of individuals, in hindsight, I probably don't talk about some of the more important things that other people would think were more important, right? Like, are you it's comparing apples to oranges basically, right? Because we're not all, none of us are, are in our 100% comfort zone when we're talking about other people. Of course, it's a little bit difficult. And do you think that a sex advocate person would Mm -hmm. be something that would be a little bit easier for you to talk to somebody who has
1: training in that? Oh, let me just, I'm, I'm so happy you asked because one of my favorite recent episodes, I can't stop talking about the movie, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand with Emma Thompson, which if your listeners aren't familiar, it's a beautiful movie about a widow who had a very unsatisfactory sex life with her husband of, let's say, 30 years. And when he passes away, she thinks about this for a long time. She draws up a sexual bucket list and she hires a male sex worker to go through that bucket list with her. It's a beautiful story. And uh, I combined that with the movie The Sessions with Helen Hunt, where Helen Hunt plays a sex surrogate. So I learned the difference between sex therapy, sex work, and sexual surrogacy. And as I watched The Sessions, I thought to myself, Pollyanna, holy cow, I, first of all, would love to talk to a sex therapist. And if only to talk freely without shame about the things that I imagine for myself at this age, with my chronic illness in menopause, hey, you know, I think I always feel like I'm just looking for the right partner who says, let's figure this out together. Yeah, that's the spirit I want, and that's the spirit I want in my healthcare worker too. I hear Let's you, figure, right? Are no. uh, you want to do this? Let's figure this out. Are you? Ha- do you think you'd have trouble with the sex position? Let's figure this out. Yes. There's, there's stuff like okay, so. I don't know if listeners have watched How to Build a Sex Room on Netflix. That's another show I can't stop talking about, okay? And in that show, what's so beautiful sex and body positive. It's age positive. And there is this specific sex chair, which I don't know about you, Pollyanna, but I didn't even know that existed, okay? And, there, and I went and immediately looked it up. And there are different heights of the chair for different accessibility. Like, let's say you're older and your knees hurt and you you can't get into certain positions with your partner, but you want to. This chair, it's um, the best way to describe it. You can Google sex chair. A lot will come up, but it's sort of like a very plush S-curve. And it's a wipeable surface. It's not super wide so people can straddle. People can lean over it. Your partner can be in the dip and then you can be on your partner. There are lots of different ways. And let me say, I... Not only did I love just watching the show and watching these couples and singles finding their bliss in these intimate spaces, but I was like, holy cow, I didn't even know that existed. And that could change everything for a person like me with a chronic illness and problems moving her limbs sometimes. So wouldn't it be cool if I could visit someone in healthcare and say, Could I talk with you about the things I would like to do And could you help me figure out how I could do these things? Whether that's a sex toy, whether that's being more comfortable with my own body, whether it's trying to get to a certain pleasure with a partner, wouldn't it be so wonderful if there was a little bag of tricks that this person could just pull out and say, hey, Poppy, have you, did you know that this exists? Like, for instance, I just bought, oh, TMI listeners, I found out (laughs) from researching from the show, inspiring me that there is... Here's a very inexpensive, blow up sex pillow. It's shaped like a wedge. You know, a lot of this stuff does tend to be pricey. And the reason I bring this up is because this is so simple. and And healthcare workers could easily say to people, here's an inexpensive aid to help you. It supports you in many different positions. It's very easy to store. It's very easy to clean. Why don't you try this first? Like, if you're having trouble, do you think Pollyanna for one minute that there's anyone in the healthcare world that would drill down? Okay, I just me, this. just me. Uh, I well, I want you to be cloned. <laughs> I want a bunch of you well, running this I, country. I try to do
0: whenever I and I haven't precepted because I've been moving between states the last couple of years. But what I try and you know, not everybody is on board. With the sex train that I talk about constantly. Oh, <laughs> I love nuts. it. But things like the Liberator pillows, which are a yes. little pricey, but yes. they can help. They can boost you. They can support you. There's so many cool things out there. Mm-hmm. You know, just a set
1: of knee pads that you can buy at Walmart. Sometimes ex- for people who are perfect. Except, you know? and also it does, we have to. We have to acknowledge that some people are maybe possibly bringing partners along with them who maybe they have an established dynamic in history. And the beautiful thing about the stage I'm in in life is that I don't have that, which sounds like people might think, oh, how sad for you. Not for me, because it feels freeing that I can start over with a person and I can finally express my desires in a clear way because I've thought about this enough and I can say, look, I I need you to be on board with this. Uh, Let's have a giggle. Maybe I need those rollerblading knee pads to be able to do certain things. Who cares? Let's have fun. Let's have fun with this. And I think it's important if you don't have a partner like that currently in your life to just think about ways that maybe you can safely bring these things up in a discussion so that you both can enjoy sexuality. You know, it's not just about P and V sex, right? I mean, it depends on who you're into, but there are so many beautiful things you can do to be intimate with somebody else. It just takes imagination and a willingness.
0: Right. And, and on a daily basis, I do deal with people who have erectile dysfunction. And by the way, erectile dysfunction is not just in men. It's Mm. also an issue for women. I deal with people who have issues from head to toe. And what I try to tell people is, is that you have to, you know, we always talk about how we, we can't talk about sex, but also sex is not just like you said, there's not just penetrative sex. That's not the Mm. only thing that can be done. Breath work is an amazing way to reach a climactic state hello
1: Mm.
0: contra try it um (laughs) there are there are massage techniques there are assistive devices of every color shape size you name it there is something out there for everybody but the trouble is is that nobody can talk about it in an open way now the conversation is way way deeper than it used to be there's there's no way that um I could have spoken like this with my parents around, you know, they're not gonna talk like that at all. Me either. But as I watched my mother with Alzheimer's degrade year after year, and you know, she gets the most joy from the grandkids now, like hugging her, sitting with her, you know, my grandson sitting on her lap, whatever. She garners pleasure from that. So that's where we have to talk about pleasure, which I love to do. Oh, that's my that's my thing. Yeah. Everybody has a different type of pleasure. So when we're talking about sexuality, some people out there don't even think that there nothing's wrong with their sex life. That's fine. Again, I'm just here as an enhancement. I mm-hmm. am. An, I'm a person who thinks that, you know, even though you think things are great, there is always some there's there's things I learn every day from people. And I'm right. amazed by the humanity that I get to encounter on a daily basis.
1: Well, I I just, I do love that you, for me, you have expanded the idea of pleasure because I can, I, I swear to you, I can feel orgasmic when I am connecting with someone in a deep conversation. Now, I am demisexual, so it is very intellectual and emotional, my sexual desire as well as physical. But I can be talking to someone and feel like I'm having the best sex. I love it, and it doesn't matter about the gender. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's about the person themselves, what they bring, how they show up, and how they what they bring to that experience. So there you go. It's like it's expanding how we identify these things for ourselves and honoring all the different ways. Like we might not want to be horizontal in a bed. We might prefer our intimacy in another way, and that's perfectly acceptable. Absolutely, and the best thing about
0: individuality is just that. Your your love, your thoughts, the way that you you move, the way that you breathe, the way that you speak is just yours. And if you decide one day that I'm tired of feeling like I'm old (laughs) and (laughs) I'm sick and I hurt, (laughs) did you know your brain is your largest sexual organ, by the way, yes, (laughs) hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Massage it, work it, make it your own, make things happen for yourself because we can, nobody can change your mind for you. You have to do that. And having that ability, having the knowledge that it's yours, you can do this. Anybody can do this. It doesn't matter. Anybody can make themselves feel better in the moment. By just saying, okay, I'm done with feeling like garbage and I'm Mm -hmm. ready for a change. And then seeking out others who can be in that community because we're humans. We're primates. We
1: like gangs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We like gangs of people. (laughs) Well, maybe this is a good spot for me to interject kink because this is a brand new thing for me. So I did a whole episode on kink and romance. And and the reason I was even led to do that is because I befriended a lot of erotica writers on Twitter, and I became very fascinated with their stories. I was intellectually interested in kink. What is this about? Why, Why do we like to role play? Or why do we like pain with our pleasures? So I went down this rabbit hole, and I started hanging out with these people. Let me tell you, this community, speaking about we need to find our groups, I think in America, certainly currently, people have these, there have been surveys that there are some very, very common kinks, like, let's say 75% of Americans, now, uh, now, listeners, I, I don't know the exact figure, but it's overwhelming. Se- like 75% of Americans would like to be spanked. And this is part of a sexual experience. Okay, so the thing about kink is that if you allow your mind to just explore, where do I feel comfortable? I kind of feel comfortable with people who are open to these ideas. I'm adventurous, sexually, and I, I'd i love to explore with someone safe. I would like to role play. I think that seems fun. Or I'd like to be dominated. Or I I'd like to pretend to be submissive, even if it's just for an hour in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know what? that is all perfectly okay. And it's really good for yourself if you feel led in that area to go and explore that. And it would be so wonderful to have a non-judgmental, shame-free experience with a healthcare person Mm -hmm. and say, does this seem weird? I would like to be spanked. And the person say, well, no, you just have to, you just have to find somebody who consents to that and then go have your fun and see how you feel. Right. Okay. Right. And to get even
0: deeper, why, why do you want to be spanked? What makes, what makes it feel good for you? Did you know that a lot of people who have post-traumatic stress, ADHD, and all those sorts of different disorders that have to do with stimulation, tapping, pathing, That act desensitizes what's going on here, brings your attention to that. So then for a moment of your day, you're like, finally, Mm -hmm. I'm getting spanked, feels good. But also all the shit that's going on in your mind, like any given moment of the day, I have 50 things that I'm thinking about, or, you know, uh, then I can just focus on that. Because that's why it works. And I think that a lot of, I, I healthcare providers, I can speak to this. A lot of healthcare providers believe that some of these be, behaviors are, you know, because of all of the past traumatic uh, problems that people are just looking for something, you mm-hmm. know?
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I really have talked to a lot. Of, I've talked to a lot of people off this ledge. Mm-hmm. Just because you've had a bad experience early on in life and and you've decided that you like a certain particular sexual act or, you know, a a kink or Mm -hmm. something that has to do with BDSM or what have you. Mm -hmm. It's not a negative behavior, right? Just how you have figured out in your own way Mm -hmm. to turn something
1: terrible into beautiful for yourself, a pleasure. Yes. And I think, I think we have to clear up possibly a misconception that I think lately after 50, it's like pre-50 shades, post-50 shades in terms of perception of kink. Kink is not just BDSM. For instance, in the How to Build a Sex Room show on Netflix, uh, she will start with feathers. Now imagine, it's called sensory play. Mm -hmm. And the word play usually, so to be spanked, is called impact play. because. The, the important thing is to not put pejorative terms on these things. They are just neutral things mm-hmm. that people love. And there is spanking and there's spanking. Okay, so it's it can be a tap and it can be hard. Mm -hmm. that's all up to the people involved. And sometimes you don't know if you like something until you try it. So it's important to find a safe space and a safe partner to try these things with. But I bring up feathers because it's a very accessible way into kink where somebody might, let's say, put something over your eyes or ask you to close your eyes and you're naked. So When your eyes are closed, you lose a little bit of control, but you can open your eyes at any moment and you agree with your partner what those limitations are going to be. You know, when I open my eyes and say something, a certain word, I want you just to stop. But imagine your partner then just taking a feather and just moving it down your body. And just going over different parts of your body that might not be erogenous zones, like your forearms or your tummy or that space between your breasts and your belly button. And just imagine that your neck, like that might be the thing that when that person does that, you just feel like, oh, my gosh, I am lost in this moment. Mm -hmm. It's sensual. It's sexy. So. That's why I encourage people, I encourage myself, this is my journey right now, is to figure out what kinks do I like, you know? Maybe someone someone in the kink world said recently, well, even vanilla sex is a kink. Every person has what they like. It's mm-hmm. You could call that their kink, okay, sexually. And so it's just their job to figure that out identify it and communicate that clearly to another consenting adult that's yeah. that's your only job is to say hey i would love for you to squeeze my breast. would you be okay with that because that like really turns me on or you know whatever it is to feel comfortable enough to say for whatever reason i'm not going to judge myself and i'm not going to shame myself but this feels good to me and i just would love to know would you know Right, and
0: and to to piggyback off of that, just throwing that in there, piggybacking anyway. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, a couple of things. I there is a guy who wrote a book on shibari, and his name is Lee Harrington, Ooh. and I love him. He there was something he said. He was on a podcast with my good friend Davy Ward Erickson, Sexist Medicine. She, he said there is. Serenity and surrender, and I say it all the time. Oh, I, I because I believe it. Mm-hmm. The tying up, the releasing of all of your control, letting yep. somebody else take mm-hmm. control, uh, is a different level of trust. It's a yep. different level of relaxation. It's a different level of, for me, love. I, mm-hmm. I believe that when I can surrender completely, it's love. Mm -hmm. that's that's what my definition of love when I can when I feel like if I had the worst day ever and I can just fall into your arms and everything is okay serenity and my surrender in that I love that thought Mm -hmm. but also when you're talking about like what you're saying I I love how you you're you're portraying yourself it's so smart what you're talking about finding control when you don't have it any longer Mm -hmm. that's tough business that's tough. It is tough. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody hands you this paper diagnosis that says, dun dun dun, label, <laughs> here's your label. <laughs> yes. here's your label, and you can't do anything above it. You can't do anything mm-hmm. below it. There's nothing at the sides. Your label is right here. Mm-hmm. Read a book about it. That's how we're going to mm-hmm. teach you. None of those books contain all of the things that we were just discussing how to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. And we have that power. Um, I found that with my Tantra training, I found that in my ability to speak to people in an open manner so that they speak to me in an open manner. That is mm. the, it's one of the most gracious things that I've
1: ever been given is that it, ability. I love it. That's an amazing, I know you know this, but that's an amazing gift that you give to anybody. Yes. I, I want that.
0: And I want other people to be able to to do that. I want other healthcare providers to feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, I I noticed that you've been here a few times. You seem like, you know, everything is okay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about your sexuality. Let's talk about how you feel. You know, maybe you're 80 years old. I don't know what you Mm -hmm. like. Tell me, let's talk Mm -hmm. about it because I do a sex podcast and I like to talk about sex stuff. And also." I want my great grandchildren to hear me talk about sex. I love I think that. it's important because my, my, my grandmother got married at the age of 12. What kind yes. of sex life was that?
1: Yes. Eight yes. kids,
0: eight kids and got married at 12. Get
1: out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes. I was, oh, I, I just want to say uh, piggybacking, haha, love it <laughs> uh, on your comment yeah. that, I read something recently that talked about uh, women over 50 being sexually active and the freedom in not having to focus on their partner getting off as the primary focus of their sexual experience. So think about that women being conditioned to think him getting off is my main purpose here in bed. Like that's all they they thought.
0: My husband and I just had this discussion the other day. He said how unfair is it for females that your job on this planet as humans is to birth children. That's your job. That's all you're here for. Mm-hmm. Guys are here to just ejaculate. Yeah, how about it? And wow. women don't necessarily have to have an orgasm to have a baby, which obviously That's... that sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, like, sucks. But, you know, the utilitarianism that our Mm -hmm. body is, is, that's what we're conditioned to.
1: Um,
0: You're you're here for a purpose. And, you know, and based in religion, that sometimes is like you're only supposed to be having sex to procreate. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have all these conflicting things going on. and, And, you know, and even in my children now, I see this um, my kids will talk to my, my middle daughter will tell me literally everything. And I'm just like, okay, enough. (laughs) Um, my son has no conversation about it. And my youngest is just like, mom, come on. You've talked to everybody else. Just go away. right? Right. So at least they are comfortable talking to me, which I, I, I wanted, I've always wanted that. I Mm -hmm. didn't have that with my parents. I wanted that, um, with my kids. So I think that at least I had these strong female people around me that were, you know, they were okay with conversation. That was a nice thing. My aunts, my mom, my mom was a nurse, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we had later on in life, not as a teenager when I really needed it. Yeah. Whenever they were turning 50 and they're like, holy cow, you can have sex all the time. You don't have to worry about being pregnant. Right. Uh, By the way. Statistically, in the uh, United States, that's when STDs are highest. <laughs> oh boy! As, as we get older, we we don't worry about pregnancy and what have you, so we're a little bit more yeah. um, open with our sexuality, and sometimes STIs can definitely come into play. I'll call them STDs or STIs. I'm old school because that's how we learned them as Me sexually too. transmitted diseases, but now yeah. they're just infections. It it takes again. We're taking the stigma away from. That's right. That are, they're treatable, they're curable. It's but also they're still there. So remember, yeah, practice sex, sure. sex,
1: kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent. And th- I think that's a thing in um, say, nursing homes. And I, I, I think there's a weird stigma thinking about our sexuality all throughout our lives that Oh, God, we want to get it on. We're, as a grandpa or a grandma, we're going to want to get it on and, or use a sex toy or, you know, I mean, even at my age, I'm like, will that be unseemly for me? And it's like, you know what? There's a really wonderful power in orgasms, as many as you can have. And I have friends who say, I just don't want one anymore. And I ask always, and it's not always comfortable with certain friends, but I say, are you having them though? if you don't have them. And let me just say, you can have solo sex and have orgasms and you can have orgasms with partners and you can have orgasms in lots of different ways. I ask, are you having them? And a lot of times the answer is no. And I went through a period of time where I thought, oh, I think that's, I think I'm done having orgasms in my life. I just, I don't feel I want them. I don't, which is okay. We have to just follow where where we go, you know, where our journey leads us. But somehow I heard about a sex toy that intrigued me and I bought it. And I was like, Oh, actually, my body is not done having orgasms. (laughs) And not only is it not done having them, I never had one like this this mechanical aided one with a human. Okay, so there were a lot of lessons there. And so when people say, oh, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm too old for that. I just say to myself, just give yourself some room to explore and see if that's really true. And if that's true, that's okay too. It may not be true. You just might have needed a different way to orgasm or you might want to be alone. When you orgasm, and that is okay. Or you might just have needed to find the right partner. All of the above is okay. Mm -hmm. But I think it's worth exploring for sure. Giving yourself the permission
0: to take a deep breath and let go. That's what Mm -hmm. you're doing. You're giving yourself permission. And by doing that, you are changing the way your brain is wired. You go Mm -hmm. from a state of constant rigidity to relaxation to a pleasure, a Mm -hmm. type of pleasure that maybe you haven't had in a while. And Mm -hmm. also again, because as I'm getting older, I'm figuring Mm -hmm. this out that now things that were really bothersome to me in my twenties, let's say I never wanted my husband to look at porn or any of those Mm -hmm. things because Mm -hmm. he was cheating on me. You know, you just start looking at things in a different light. Like what? Yeah, Why did I think that? Why did I think that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Religious conditioning, number one. That's right. Also, the fact that, you know, if you're in relationships where people cheat serially, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that can be an issue. Or if you were just raised to not be open. Like you mm-hmm. can't even barring religion, if you came from a family who wasn't necessarily religious, but never talked about sexuality or love or hugs or kisses or any of those things ever came into play, mm-hmm. we, you never know where people come from. So when you do find those awesome partners that can resonate with you, yeah, I, it took me three husbands, but I got it finally. Yay. Um, three times the charm, right? Exactly. And so now the conversation is after all these years. Mm-hmm how did I not know this when I was younger? How did nobody ever discuss this with me? How, how am I so ignorant on so many topics? Yeah. And really for my own mental health started, that's why I started looking into Tantra and and the like, because again, I never knew those things. I never knew about how physically for your body, Mm -hmm. And mentally orgasms are, or just the human touch, just having somebody hold your hand for once is one of those important things, right? So for me, I believe in my heart that every person that I, or every medical provider that I will ever encounter, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I will give them this talk. I always do. And some people are just like, Jesus, come on. Why are you that girl? Um, Can you stop talking? And then never stop talking. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I never Mm -hmm. thought about it. I, you know, you're so focused when you have Mm -hmm. all these medical regulations, all these things that you have to chart, all these things that you have to address, or you don't get paid.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) or your company that you work for don't get paid there's only so many times that you're going to get yelled at before you just have to just drill down and do questions but there should be added questions and there should be more sex advocacy um, providers out there that just do just like with the bill how to build a sex room Mm
1: -hmm. bring
0: the conversation to the forefront so that people can if they want to Mm -hmm. to to actually dig in and actually do these things for themselves if you don't want to do this and if you think that you have a wonderful sex life and you think that everything is wonderful in your life don't worry about it don't watch it don't don't care but be open to the conversation is all i'm saying because mm-hmm. i would much rather belong to a group of older ladies in our oh. 70s sitting around talking about doing it with other people or just our fantasies than mm-hmm. quilting not
1: gonna happen oh <laughs> let me let me just say I recently joined a site called Revel, and the website is hellorevel. r e v e l. dot com. It's a site for mostly for women over fifty, and there are some women in their forties. We ha- go to a sex talk Zoom event every Monday night. And we talk about dating and having sex and what our dreams are. And there are some women in there that say, I'm not having sex, but I want it. There's some women saying, I'm here, but I don't think I want that anymore, or I'm not sure. There's room for everybody on that continuum. But We all have that that we all got here because of sex. We're all here on this planet because of sex. And so it's obviously it's a it's a primal human drive. And what I do love is that we never we talk about an hour and a half and we never get tired of each other's stories because they're always fascinating, you know? And I think what you just said is really a good, you're making a good point for I think specially trained healthcare. Uh, providers. Because if somebody isn't comfortable, no harm, no foul, but you need to move aside and there's needs to be someone like yourself who is comfortable and helps people. And whether we call that um, a sex educator or a sex therapist or whatever we label that, we need people to be able to talk about whatever someone wants to talk about and bring to that conversation. And I would say as we were talking, it could go as far as maybe you are naturally polyamorous and you never realized right. that. And maybe maybe you're starting to think consensual non-monogamy sounds really good after a life of serial monogamy and committed relationships like me. And there has to be room for exploration and shame-free talk about all of that. Agreed, agreed. Oh my gosh, Poppy, you're
0: just a mess. See, I knew I'd love having you on here. You just have so like listen, listeners, have you heard her voice this whole time? Like I could just sit here and be like keep talking. Okay. (laughs) But I know, I know that we have been doing this for a while now, but, and, and Poppy, I'm going to have you back on because honestly, I want to continue this conversation Mm -hmm. past this because I think it's so important. And again, I'm not getting younger over here. I'm not going into, into my, uh, elder years Mm -hmm. with, a uh, hood over my head and glasses on and never mm-hmm. noticing anything around me. I want to feel it. I only have a few more years left on this planet, right? Or we don't right. need to know. We never know. No. And nobody knows. Right. But I, I just want to experience as much of this lifetime as I possibly can. And I don't care if other people are uncomfortable. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you are. I'm sorry for you. But I just <laughs> feel like in my heart that I have been approached so many times about topics that are in the realm of sexuality as a sexual educator, Mm -hmm. that I just want people to know. I want people to know that there are people out there like you and me Mm -hmm. and other chronically ill people who want to continue to have these amazing experiences regardless, partnered or unpartnered or multiple partners, whatever it is that you're into, Mm -hmm. find your group, find your love
1: and find your passion and keep after it get after it that's what I say but well and also I feel Pollyanna but you I think people are led they have a passion for what they're good at and you are just really super good at feeling making people feel accepted in this area Mm -hmm. so I say more power to you I just love what you do and how you do it awesome well Poppy tell everybody where they can find you I am a podcaster and the name of my podcast is Confessions of a Closet Romantic. And you can find me at com. Awesome. And
0: again, will you give that um the website for Reverie, please?
1: Oh yes. It's called hellorevel.com. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. hello revel.com. Yeah. And it's Rebel. it's hello and then R-E-V-E-L. I highly, highly recommend
0: it. Awesome. I think that um if you are out there and you think that that would be something for you to check out please do. Uh please check out Poppy's uh podcast cuz she's amazing. You can listen to her voice all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so Poppy, it has been an absolute pleasure. And again, you can find me and Amazing at berrypleasures.com, Very Barry Pleasures on Facebook, Instagram, Very Pleasures 1 on TikTok. I'm doing really bad on the TikToks. I can't even get enough time to do that. But I think I'm going to put my mom on TikTok. <laughs> oh, I'm in all of you right now, <laughs> right? a little something to do. But um, as again, Poppy, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation about. Love it. I you know it's just such an important topic to me. Very important. Very, and I. So happy. Anyway, guys, mm-hmm. have a wonderful day again, Poppy. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys later.